Welcome to the Be Aware and Empower podcast, where we discuss all things nonprofit, where it's all about being a solution to those who are not being fully served. To do this, we must build healthy nonprofit organizations. We showcase nonprofit leaders, their mission, challenges, and wins within the communities they serve. Now, here's your host, the one and only, Miss Kathy. Hey guys, it's Kathy. I'm Kathy Anderson of AE Coaching Group. And this is our, I call it Power Hour, but our Awareness Sundays, where we highlight uh, most, not, most times a nonprofit leader and just learn a little bit about their journey and um, sharing whatever they would like to share. A lot of times this helps um, if you're interested in starting a nonprofit or even want to help a nonprofit. It helps to know just, you know, how they need help and what they go through. And there's a lot of wins and doesn't matter how a lot of times I choose the small nonprofit organizations just to see how that works. Um, many times things are done with little to no money, um, but it gives me a t- chance to kind of interject a little bit here and there, let you all know that um, a lot of times just building that basic foundation Every nonprofit started with one person for the most part, maybe two people, and then it grew once you get certain foundational pieces because it's just like a business. So this is the time of year where a lot, um, they're really asking for money. And of course, my nonprofit leader guest today will be no different. What I tell you all is that wherever your heart is, whatever their mission is, if there's a heart, don't feel guilty because you can't support all nonprofits. But if there's something that touches your heart today, um, please, please connect with her and whatever you can do. A lot of times that's either money and or just time that you can give or any support and connections. So without further ado, um, if you've seen the post, I have Dr. Gloria Shell Mitchell who's my heart. She's like my family. Um, so you guys want definitely give her some support just because of that, if nothing else. But um, I love her dearly, love her family. Um, so I'm just going to bring her on so she can tell you a little bit more. So here we go. All well, right. hi. Hi there. Hi. hi, Kathy. Thank you so much for inviting me on your show. What a yeah. pleasure. It and it's the right. day after your mother's birthday that we're yeah. on this show. And I just posted to her uh, Facebook page yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm thinking about all the years that we communicated on her birthday. Uh, and yes. I've known her over 40 years. <laughs> so Right. <laughs> yeah. So it means a lot when I think back as well, because I'm like, it's like a neighbor, aunt, sister, Big sister, mother, <laughs> all of those you fit into my life. And for you all to know, it's like, you know, this was the person that my mom could talk to when anything I was having trouble with or whatever. This was her prayer partner. Um, just yeah. amazing lady. And, you know, just one that my mom had a few. And I just knew she, all she had to do was call. So as I had children, 
she was the one that blessed yeah. them, that prayed over them. And if they don't know who you are, they know your name. So <laughs> I am just honored to even um, have you on the show. But beyond that, just that you've been in my life and been that just that war, not even warrior, but just that solid person or being that I could always depend on, even if I didn't talk to you. So that always meant a lot to me. So I would go on and on, but we're going to get to why we came here. So I, I now she, I know, and I'm going to tell everyone, she does not like to brag about herself, but I personally think it's important for you to know who these leaders are, uh, where they come from a little bit and why they chose to you know, this particular mission is, it means a lot and it touches other lives. So let me let you go. Uh, just tell me just however you want to say it. Who is Gloria Shell Mitchell? <laughs> okay. Now make sure you stop me whenever you want to interject. Okay. okay I I know. Know. <laughs> how, much, how much you want me to share, but I'll just tell you, I'm just a little country girl. A poor little girl from a family of 18 children, and I'm number eight. I'm from South Carolina, and I'm just really honored to know that I left South Carolina and went from South Carolina by way of other states over to South Africa. So what a blessing to be able to travel the world and to go into refugee camps and slums and different places around the world and to see that no matter how bad I thought I had it when I was growing up, I, I even wrote a whole book series about it. Let me just show you. I wrote the garbage man's daughter book series mm -hmm. about all that stuff that I experienced when I was growing up. Po, we couldn't mm -hmm. afford the <laughs> OR on poor. I did all of that. And then I went to a place where people really were poor. And I went, man, I didn't know how well off I was. Wow. So it became a desire of mine to help to make a difference in the lives of those who are less fortunate than I was. Mm -hmm. And when I say less fortunate than I was, <laughs> anybody who knows anything about eating beans and rice mm -hmm. and cornbread every day, sometimes with a little fried fat back bacon, then you would know we was pope. <laughs> All right. So that's a little about myself. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Those book the book is amazing, you guys. I've read the book. Two books I've read. I think I need to catch up, right? Oh, really? Yeah, you need to catch up. I got yeah. 10 of them. <laughs> Are you serious? And, and since you mentioned that, I'm just going to share. The one I'm working on is a real gem. I'm writing a book about the impact of childhood sexual abuse mm. on adults. Because mm. after interviewing 30 women, I realized that these women... Every time they shared about their hurts, their drug addiction, mm -hmm. their mental illness and all those things, everything goes back to the root of the problem, which was the childhood sexual abuse they experienced. So my goal is to write a curriculum so I can impact the lives of young women or women and men because I'm interviewing. I've interviewed over 20 young men and women already. And if mm -hmm. anybody's listening, you want to be included in my research because mm -hmm. I'm in a PhD program at um, a seminary 
And I've gotten the approval already to research this childhood sexual abuse and how it impacts lives. And Mm -hmm. I can't wait to get it out. And by the way, since I'm talking, Kathy, I watched a broadcast uh, podcast that you were on about Mm -hmm. connecting your book business Uh to a Uh nonprofit. Uh And I thought, and you said, well, there's money out there for research. I go, well, there ought to be some money for me for researching this. Yeah, yeah, you have the credentials. Yeah, it's really broad, and actually, it's bigger than I even anticipated before mm-hmm. I started the project. Mm-hmm. So that's where I am right now. Wow, that's amazing! Wow, I'm learning too. You've done a lot, a lot more. <laughs> okay, so so bring us up to date. Um, just. I guess the time of the actual 501c3, what made you, instead of just giving back to the community, helping community, um, actually establish your own nonprofit organization? Okay. Well, I taught um, university, high school, and then I ended up teaching middle school. What I was doing when I started teaching university Uh, I was teaching accounting at Tennessee State University. Mm -hmm. And then I saw that as I I moved to California and I was teaching at a college in here. And then I found out that the students were really struggling with accounting, but it really wasn't the accounting. It was the math that was a problem. Mm -hmm. So I said, hmm, let me see if I can find out what's the problem. Where's the problem? Where's the source of the problem? It's uh-huh. neat research trendy. So uh-huh. I st- not only am I teaching uh, community college, then I started teaching high school. And I said, well, the problem's not in high school. So then I started teaching middle school. I got a teaching credential, teach middle school. Uh-huh. And in middle school, they had a problem too. And I said, oh, it's not middle school. It's uh-huh. elementary school. This is the foundation is weak. And when the foundation is weak, I don't care what you try to put on top of it, it's not going to work. So right. the students were struggling so much in algebra and in pre-algebra till uh-huh. I realized how important it was that they learned some basic skills. So in addition to teaching the, you know, multiplication facts and things like that, Uh I started teaching um, math in a practical way. So I would have the students, uh, let's say, bake cookies. I I wasn't a home ec teacher, but math is in the measurements, right? Well, I would have them go into the room that was no longer utilized for home economics and have them bake cookies. So they had to measure everything. They had to apply the things that were in the textbook. They Mm -hmm. built bridges out of craft sticks. They built famous uh, buildings or temples or whatever it was that they built Mm -hmm. out of craft sticks. So they had to be able to apply engineering skills and math Mm -hmm. skills and put it all together. And to help with the critical thinking What I did was I uh, started teaching all of them how to play chess, all my math students, how to play chess. Because chess challenged them to think and to to make wise decisions. And I let them know if they play chess, they act and they win. They actually outwit their opponents 
And when they outwit their opponents, it's different from a game of chance like checkers. So I let them know that they could feel proud of themselves because they were smart. And so they learned how to play chess. So when I retired, I said, you know, I'm going to go back into the schools and teach chess, but I'm going to teach math in a fun way so the students could get it. And that means using whatever I use in the classroom in uh, practical applications, like taking in, uh, let's say, hopscotch, I mean, taking in uh, uh, little games or jump rope or whatever. And so let's see how many, so you measure this and see, see how quick you are and whatever it was. It was just, I just like the practical application of mathematics, okay? So, so I formed the nonprofit so I could go back into the schools and really just be able to uh, be a source of support for the math teachers so I really was the secondary teacher. So I would go in on a particular day voluntarily and teach the math class, but teach them in a fun way. And so um, that's how I formed the nonprofit. So I started out with the kids. And then when I found out that some of the children were homeless and, and some of them were in foster care and they weren't getting the attention they needed. So then I started doing other things, uh, performing other activities. And then when I found out that some of the parents would come to me to ask me what to do about their child who was in a game, what to do about various things, I'm going, look, I'm you the parent, I'm not. But, but it became something that I was really concerned about. So that's when I was led to open a house. In two, I started the nonprofit in 2009. But in 2018, the Lord told me to open a house for women. So the house that we open for women in Los Angeles is for homeless women to give me an opportunity to teach them life skills and different things that they could do so they could connect better with their children. So I went from working with youth, which was our mission to strengthen and encourage youth, families, and communities through education and encouragement. So I was able to do that and then be able to pull everything together. So my desire now is that we would prepare women to be reunited with their children who are separated from them or to become better mothers when they do have children. Okay. You didn't miss a beat. <laughs> It's a long way around when I was just telling you what it was. And I'm glad because I could get back online. <laughs> That's awesome. But I was listening on my um, phone as well, panicking here. But because um, I, I did want to pull out a few points. Because um, first of all, you know, STEM, STEAM and STEM, all of that just didn't even come into effect until maybe the last what 10 to 15 years or so so yeah, i think exactly. that's amazing that you noticed that and you touched a little bit about accounting and how it bridged over into you teaching just education and then founding finding that basis i think you should just be a consultant for our school systems because if they get don't get it that that foundation needs to be there i heard that loud and clear um it's almost for naught 
And um, that's why a lot of even adults are struggling because they didn't get that foundation. So it's really important that our little ones and then tying that into, like you said, basic skills of cooking or things that they can visualize and be able to participate and show the correlation. And then there's the game of chess, which let everyone research on that one, but that touches so many areas of the brain. So no matter what level a child is on, because um, I've always heard amazing things. My mother would say it over and over and over, even being a Black woman um, in accounting, um, I always heard that. So that was my drive to even with school, I quit a few times, but to complete, I would always remember that what you've accomplished um, with your degrees and how you, I mean, that education, I think that's the top level of just educating and pouring into another person, another human being. So, and then you mentioned the gangs, all of that. So just this little country woman, <laughs> so she says, <laughs> a powerful country woman um, to, to come through all those ranks and, and, and get to this level of understanding why, you know, because I hear people say, even in the church, well, unfortunately, we'll say there's no hope for our young people. But then you have these people like Dr. Gloria, who um, does not believe in that. We'll keep pushing and we'll kind of flow that over to like I told everyone we could talk probably for hours with you just because of your accomplishment. But let's not miss um, as much as we can talk about it, your house and um how you can how you have gone from youth to some point to now adult women okay well i have let me see i'll pull this out a little bit i put it here as a reminder it is a sober living transitional housing that we offer mm -hmm. and it's actually a house that was built in 2018 it, it's a duplex with 10 bedrooms and six baths. Wow. And by the grace of God, we're still there <laughs> in spite of COVID. Because we've really been under attack. But the Lord said, open a house for women. So mm -hmm. I had in mind women with a mental illness because they had a lot of houses that open for mm -hmm. men, uh -huh. but very few for women. And so I said, well, hurting women need a place to go. And let me just back up a minute. Um, I have a doctorate in ministry and my research for a number of years was in divorce. What is going on in these families where people have been together 20, 50, 30, you know, over 30 years right. and then they divorce. What, what's going on here? And mm -hmm. so I started working with folks who were divorced. And so I had groups at church at first, and then they would kick us out because they stayed in a long time. They wanted to talk and all that. So mm -hmm. I brought them to my home. And then one night, a lady came in all scratched up to our group. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, this really is not safe for somebody to come to my house. Right. I think somebody could have followed her to my house. Yeah. And so I said, well, but they would come here. If they were having trouble, they could. They could stay a bit or if they separated, mm -hmm. they maybe stayed sometimes longer than I wanted them to or whatever, but mm -hmm. they could come. This would be a, a more wow. respite, right? <laughs> right? So in, when that night when the lady came in all scratched up, I went, this is not safe. Right. So then when the Lord said, open a house for women, 
then I said, oh, then maybe it'll just be, I didn't know what kind of women. I didn't know there were, you know, the women sleeping in the cars. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was the women, you know, with children. Uh -huh. I didn't know whether it's women with a mental illness or, or women who are substance abuse. I, I didn't know what kind. He just said women, right? Right. So when I opened the house, I'm thinking, well, all these folks would just come because the house is open. Then I've learned since then, man, do I have so many challenges. Yes. And here are the challenges. Um, many uh, for, for funding, mm -hmm. they want the people to have their own private room mm -hmm. and their own private bath. Mm -hmm. When I walk into, let's say I walk into one of these shelters and it has a hundred bunk beds in it. Mm -hmm. And so all these women in it, but mm -hmm. they come out of the shelter, they got to have their own private room mm -hmm. and their own private bath. Mm -hmm. And they can't share a room with one person. Wow. I'm thinking, this makes no sense. <laughs> and then some would say, I'd rather sleep in my car or yeah. sleep on the sidewalk than to share a room with one other woman. So you're talking about mm -hmm. challenges? Oh, yeah, I got some serious challenges. Right. Yeah. Other than the uh, financial challenges mm -hmm. is even right now under COVID, a lot of funding has gone into homelessness, mm -hmm. but we can't get it because we're nonprofit. Huh. So they're saying, oh, it's for businesses aren't included in this rent debt relief. Right. That is for the tenant. It's for mm -hmm. the individual. Right. But. So, so that's a, another challenge in itself. Okay. And then to say that, oh, your house doesn't count. Brand new house, nicely furnished. I have a video of you, well, you could see it, but <laughs> it, it, it's really nicely furnished and everything. Uh -huh. Thanks to, to God touching people's hearts. For the moment I said, look, I'm opening this house. People started coming. They were donating furniture. Everything mm. we need is in the wow. house. Wow. Now, I heard you say earlier, a lot of times people put their own money in. I put a lot of money yeah. <laughs> into this nonprofit from the yeah. start. But it's named after my mother and my sister. Both of them were named Minnie Shell. Minnie mm. Elizabeth Shell, my sister. Minnie Pelzer Shell, my mom. My mom mm. would bring in people. She has a lot of people in her four-bedroom house. And then my sister worked with vets. And okay. um, so the veterans, she did her all to make sure veterans were welcomed back into the community and they wow. have whatever they need. So the house is named after them. Aww. So my challenges nice. are finding tenants who want to stay sober. I mean, okay. you know, who, who really want to, because this right. pandemic, I'm telling you, it did not help at all. Right. Depression and anxiety are running rampant. Mm -hmm. And so where do people go? They go back to the old habits. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're trying to make sure we offer mm -hmm. them whatever we can so mm -hmm. that they would want to stay sober. Okay. So, Wow. I answered your question or not, but you did. Yeah, I think you <laughs> you gave some challenges that many might not think unless you're in that situation. You just yeah. don't think about those, you know, 
Um, and and you know me, so we're going to talk after. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's connecting in different ways, and maybe that's my gift of seeing it. Um, but sometime, because we're dealing with that in Nashville, where they're building a, they're doing a basically our our vice mayor said we're coming to the community because we don't know what to do, and they don't, and we it's forget good. that our government is us. Usually there's only one person in each department, maybe two, and they share an assistant. But any ideas, anything that they get, it has to come from us, you guys. So thinking about solutions and actually after this one, probably tomorrow, I'm going to share a video where they had a whole two hours of, and that was the second day of going back and forth with community, finding out. And, and it took people that are homeless right now in their different situations to come and tell them, no, this is a problem. This is a problem. Now, this is where you have to get to where you want to find your niche. And I think as you've gone through this, you're learning. Like you said, I don't know if I want to do the substance abuse, the women with the children or the this or the that. And we'll talk about that. I'm bringing this out for everybody to understand that in the time of like this pand pandemic, um, there's opportunity because it's not like it was like we talk about people going back to you know the the substance abuse but right now we're on a heightened level of people in substance abuse newly because we know mentally we're all affected by this we've never Amen. experienced this ever in our lives so because this is different for something to affect the whole wide world not just a particular region and now we have the weather that's going on as well so that's even increasing the homelessness and different challenges that are going on right now so you know we'll talk about that and how it is important to when i say connect with government it's usually in a different way and you you can attest that if i say that it doesn't make sense it's it's not a I'm just going to call my mayor. No, it is not that. It's very. No, it doesn't. I can tell you. I, I've got no. experience. No. And even connected. I've connected with Homeland Security and we got refugees mm -hmm. and different ones. The money comes into the state, but you got to go through all these hoops to get it to house people. And did and you so all hear her? You have to go through hoops. But sometimes those hoops. You follow the lead of where it's coming from. And people say, I'm just good at politics. You call it what you will. But people like Dr. Gloria, to me, has a great personality. And you'd be surprised. So that's my feat. That's my, my mission for this next year. I just did this with a pastor in New Jersey. And he finally got it and understood what I was saying. Um, a lot of times if they see you, and we'll work that out. I'm going to find out a little bit more because LA keeps coming up. I have some other young ladies that are going to contact you that um, they do something different, but I, I just told them you're just a blessing just to know. And um, sometimes resources can be pulled together for if they know from another standpoint, because you guys, I don't even know how to say it over and over. The money is there and I get it. I get it. Cause if I had a nonprofit right now, it's hard to do it for yourself. And that's why it does take, more than one person, more than just your board. It really does. And um, I just hadn't been in that position to be able to do it, but I think I can do that now. So we're going to help you. All right. And I'm going right, to come right. back. Praise and you come back later and you tell them if I did or not. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So all those challenges, right? What is your greatest, like what you think is your win for 
you know, just your accomplishment as you, the nonprofit leader, or it can be just your women overall, or just anything that you think is the greatest accomplishment having to do with this journey of being with nonprofit as a nonprofit leader. Okay. Well, what has been the, just a, a marvelous, a marvelous sense of, what has given me a marvelous sense of accomplishment mm -hmm. was to be able to connect with each person individually mm -hmm. that we house and hear their story and their journey. And then I just shake my head. And like I told you about my book, I thought I had a story. I don't have a story. But I do have a story, but, but it doesn't <laughs> compare. Everybody's story is different. Yeah. But I look at them and I say, you know, sister, you're an overcomer, young lady. And these are young, mainly I work with young women. Okay. Uh -huh. Usually uh -huh. under 40. And I go, this is amazing. You are amazing. And mm -hmm. so, um, just every time I think about, oh, Lord, you know, I'm really retired. I could go somewhere and, you know, I like to travel. And uh -huh. I could do other things other than what I'm doing right now. But just to be able to live with these ladies and have them for during the lockdown, they were telling me their stories. We'd had our one-on-ones. Some I've taken into the studio to interview for my radio show. Yeah. And they, um, like, like, I've learned so much. I felt like, man, I ain't know anything. <laughs> I remember when, when the Lord said, open the house for women. I said, Lord, do you know how old I am? <laughs> like, I'm 70 years old. You want me to do what? I'm retired. You know, like I'm getting ready to, to cross over. <laughs> and he said, of course I know how old you are. I made you. And then he reminded me that he called Moses to lead the people out of Israel when Moses out of Egypt when Moses was 80 years old. <laughs> and I went, oh my God, I forgot right. about that. Right. So anyway, the greatest joy is to be able to hear somebody say, oh, I got it. Oh, mm. I understand that now. Or to tell me what they've overcome and, and how they said one lady lived out outdoors for uh, four and a half years. Wow. And she was saying, this house means so much to me. It's a way for me to connect now with my family and, yeah. and now there's some stability in my life. Uh -huh. You know, I don't have to wait for it to rain so I can shampoo my hair in the right, you know, uh -huh. like that. Things it you don't means think so about. much to me. Wow. And so actually that story that I'm just sharing, I'm going to share it on my broadcast tomorrow. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, on my radio okay. station in Mobile, Alabama tomorrow. But, okay. you know, I, I, I just have different things that when I feel like I'm discouraged or I'm not making any progress or it makes no sense what I'm doing, then somebody will come and say something to me and say, mm -hmm. you know, you help me. Uh -huh. uh, you know, this made a difference in uh -huh. my life. And uh -huh. then it's so rewarding. So there's no way that I would give up. No awesome. Way. And we have recording now, so you can't give up. <laughs> 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 you guys just don't understand. This is just very a little touch of what she's like. This is like, you know, sometimes you say, is that person like that? 
in real life, yes, you guys, she is always smiling. I don't know the sad parts. I, I don't because this is what I've always seen with my mom, without my mom. This is the person. So I'm sure she has a story, but you know what? <laughs> you do not look like your story. And I know you just mentioned 70. So some people are out there like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, if the Lord says the same on December the 28th, mm -hmm. 2021, I will turn 74. Wow. And that would make me, if I turn 74, God willing, that would make me the oldest person in my family and the longest, the one to live the longest out of so far, out of our 18 children. Uh, so I'm one, I'm a breast, a two-time breast cancer survivor. Yes. What God did for me is allow me to have 26 years free. And then mm -hmm. while I was housing the women, I some might say it was the stress of working with the women and COVID and all of that. But anyway, in 2020. I was diagnosed again, and so I had um, a mastectomy in 2020. But even with that, I told the women, I said, well, I can't be here. I'm mm -hmm. going to be gone a while, but I'll be back. And God blessed me to do just that, to go stay away for a month mm -hmm. and right on back to what I was doing. Wow. And I've been going ever since, and that's over a year ago now. That's as we amazing. So I'm just truly a grateful person. Mm -hmm. And even though, like I said, I might think at times that he's saying, okay, that's enough now, or it's mm -hmm. time to go. He says, no, in the midst of doing good, we will face challenges. Yes, I don't care what it is. So yes, I'm doing what God has called me to do, but yeah. I still am faced with challenges. And yeah. through it all, though, he's kept me. And so he keeps me humble and he keeps me ever hopeful <laughs> that one day I'm going to be able to go on vacation again. <laughs> you know, I haven't been to Africa since 2018. Like what, what? Uh -uh. And one of the biggest blessings that I've, that I've ever had, not just the, the going to the um, child rescue child brides in Kenya uh -huh. in the slums of Mombasa, Kenya and, in Nairobi, Kenya, and mm. South Africa, Soweto, and all of that. One of the biggest blessings was to go to the Syrian refugee camps in Berlin, Germany, to okay. go in there and hear how ISIS had killed a lot of the parents. And these young women and men had been able to witness what happened. And that's why they walked across Europe and they were dispersed all over the place. And so I have compassion for the refugees uh -huh. as well as everyone else. That's why it broke my heart when I saw the Haitians turned away. They've already been through so much. Uh -huh. And I know that if there's something we can do to make a difference, yeah. that's what I want to do. That's yeah. why we're here. Wow. So that we can show some love to other people. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Way more than I expected. Um, makes yourself reflect. For those of us listening, 
if anybody's like me, listening to your what you're saying, um, you're not doing enough. So it makes me look forward to 2022 to do more than even what I'm doing now. Cause that that's like you put in a different perspective, you know, we're all humans and um, our duty is to help one another and whatever that looks like. And I, if, I guess if we all did, we wouldn't have so much suffering in the world. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. And what I'm going to do is because you have several links, I want to make sure that anyone that wants to get in contact with you, um, you can let me know now, but any of the, I know you said radio show tomorrow. Is that something that they can go online as well? In this? Yeah, they can go online. I'm on wilkinsradio.com. Okay. And the radio station is W-A-S-G, as in Gloria. Mm -hmm. And that's AM and FM in Mobile, Alabama. And mm -hmm. the local time is 5.30 p.m., but... I'm I'm central. I'm Pacific time, so right. that's um, three thirty in LA okay. in the afternoon. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's actually on Central Time. Yeah, Alabama. that's yeah. It's every Monday. Okay. At three thirty Pacific time, five thirty in Mobile, Alabama. Okay. And it can it can be heard on Roku and uh, Alexa, oh. and things like that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And you said and so. Uh-huh. And I just want to mention that uh, I know tomorrow's show is on homelessness and domestic violence. Uh -huh. And then the next week is on prostitution and human trafficking. And uh -huh. so I have a young lady coming on that Tuesday, uh, which is what, December 20th. So that one is going to talk about her experience as a high schooler getting uh -huh. involved in prostitution and warning parents. Like you need to watch, you need to watch what your children are doing. You need to know yeah. what, what you, what's going on with your children yeah. and not just the children being snatched, but the ones that are being lured over the internet. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's awesome. And those are two areas. Um, yeah. We'll talk. Human trafficking is way bigger than most know. So more and more money is um, being poured into that. And that kind of ties in just with a lot of things that are going on. Um, yeah. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. <laughs> you said that because I actually have now been added to uh, the Human Trafficking Task Force and then also um, FGM Task Force. Mm. That's uh, female genital mutilation. And that's mm. what I found out where I was going in Kenya, I I actually met um, one of the rescuers who is mm -hmm. Obama's, President Obama's cousin. Okay. And so we got a chance to really, you know, fellowship. And, wow. and I learned about this, 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 um, you know, how the kids, the young girls knew that female genital mutilation would take place after yeah. eighth grade. So they would run away. Yeah. And so um, so I got a chance to get involved in that. And then there's so many rapes of the young girls and the children being sold at five, at six, eight, mm -hmm. ten for a cow or, or a couple of chickens or whatever. Right. Young girls lives just totally jacked up because of 
crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we th and we think it's only over there, but it Yeah, it's, and and that's true an because I found out it's happening right here in Los Angeles. Major. Female genital mutilation Major. as well. Major. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Our cultures don't stop just because someone comes to America. I can't even say because they come. We have to know the history and backgrounds of families. You know, a lot of people came from somewhere else and the traditions and just different beliefs continued as we know a lot of times how you know women are constantly fighting for rights and equal pay and it, that's the surface part but deep down there's a reason for all this abuse that has been going on generation to generation we're dealing with this because you know children are even being sent over there they're coming over here um it's another area where when you learn about it it's like Whoa, because I know we're dealing with Michigan, and I didn't realize that's a big port area where trafficking occurs. You know, and mm -hmm. I guess that's why LA, because they're on the coastline as well. Um, but there's some high-level neighborhoods, so this has nothing to do with a race or income or any of that. Unfortunately, um, not just the ones you might see on the street. It has nothing to do with that, and we do have to look out for our young women, uh, young girls, not even women young girls, um, six, seven, eight and above. Mm -hmm. So this is be interesting. I will make sure I share a link um, so they can listen to that. And again, any any support you, are, you guys can give and any young people, if you're in college, think about, you know, when you're doing your research, you can apply for certain funding because uh, the more we know about it, the more research that is done and statistics, the more that even the presidents can bypass and do what they call executive orders. So the one grant that just came out for sex trafficking, I know for a fact, because he's another pastor. And when they called, the agency said they were the first people to even call about the grant. Really? Because we're just so stuck on there's no money. We're forgetting that anything that you see in the news, that, that you're watching in the news, you need to follow that to that agency and funding is coming out because it is only increased. And like they said, during COVID, a lot of the women will take it to abuse part. The, the abuse came down because you can't get out of the house. So a lot of reports, they said the reporting level came down quite low, but they know for a fact that abuse did not stop. It only increased just for the, the mental capacity of everybody feeling stuck. So Thus, you're feeling the brunt of that, of having your home. And we'll talk about that, too, because sometimes it's just playing with um, words and how things are registered. Um, sometimes you step out and it's emergency housing. And I know they are doing that. If they can do that for daycares, which they did during mm -hmm. COVID, all you needed to have is a home and want to keep children. They did not go through the red tape of how they normally do it. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's just selling that story and talking to the right um, it can be lobbyists. Um, believe it or not, lobbyists are on the job every day, every day. So sometimes knowing who those people are and you getting that exception. So I think this is really important. There's no reason for you to struggle. There's, there, It's not for anybody that's trying to help others. Um, we just have to keep looking and we'll find a way. <laughs> We're going to get it. You're sacrificing your life. We're going to get you on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> all right so is there anything else coming up that you want to announce and people want to 
There we go. <laughs> sure, sure. I'm having a shoe drive. Men, yes. women, children's new used clothes, and not clothes, shoes, 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 shoes. Okay, you can send us some clothes too, but just shoes. Always shoes. Okay. But anyway, so yeah, we're having a shoe drive okay. to raise funds. Uh, what these shoes are supposed to do is to be, we're just sell them for so many cents per pound. Okay. And then the shoes are to be sent to Haiti and Africa and other places where people need them. And what prompted this was I saw an ad where a little child had on a pair of tennis shoes that were way too big for, for mm -hmm. him. And so they had a clothespin clipping it right behind his heel to, oh. hold, to hold the shoe on his foot. I went, oh, my God, this is so touching. And then I know that other places I've been, the kids were barefoot. So I'm saying um, I'd love shoes, shoes, shoes. Anybody's got any shoes, just bring them on over. We want shoes, especially new, gently worn, not something where the sole is wow. coming off or the heel is regular. You know, not something we have to put in a trash, but something right. that you right. would wear. Right. Okay, so we have that. And then what we did right. last year, uh, the, we were on lockdown, right? So what we did was we decided, mm -hmm. the women and I decided what we would do is to do something to help the homeless. So we, I bought a bunch of black stockings, well, socks they are, mm -hmm. and we stuffed them full of goodies, tangerines, um, you know, cookies, nuts, things that they could munch on. And then we gave a nice little message, letting them know that Jesus loves them too. Okay. And then while they were sleeping on the sidewalks, we'd, take, we'd go along and play Santa and put the stocking right beside them. So when they would wake up, they would have their stocking. Wow. And that was really special. And so some people... Uh, say, hey, I want to donate to that. I want to donate some of the goodies and so yeah. they, to help us stuff the uh, stockings. And then oh. we pass them out. And the women were satisfied because yeah. that was a new experience for them going out to share good right. news with people who were less fortunate. And then yeah. some of them had been homeless. So they said, we're so glad that yeah. we don't have to do this anymore. Right. So anyway, that's those um, are the two things that we have. That's so nice. Oh my goodness. Because <laughs> I think some people that might be the only, we call it a snack, but that could be the meal for them. So yeah, blessings for that. Blessings. Awesome. All right. Um, contact information. If someone wants to connect with you in any way to be a they must be aligned with the mission and um willing to support, how would they contact you? Well, I'm going to give a nice way of putting a big number here. My okay. phone number, okay. 310-704-8705. Okay. That's phone or text. And then my email is joyful. Like happy, 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 J-O-Y-F-U-L, the letter U, at gmail.com. A simple email. Yep. Love it. Love it. Any last words? It's free now. Like just <laughs> anything <laughs> else we missed or you wanted to mention? Well, I want to thank you uh, personally, Kathy. Thank you for mm -hmm. pushing me 
<laughs> uh, I think you helped me to just go ahead and form this nonprofit. <laughs> File for this 501c3. Um, I talked about it and did things, and I was doing all kinds of things, but I didn't have anything set up. So, yeah. So you yeah. you kind of push this old girl to get this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys, it's hard to do because again, it's like telling my mother, no, this is what you're gonna do. <laughs> like, but the reward is what happens and what results in that. So um, Sorry. I'm I'm happy to see what has come out of it. <laughs> so it's like I'm saying on one side, forgive me, forgive me, because I really don't want to say it this way. But um, at the end of the day, I just understand because I've had group home. I've been in that nonprofit world since I was young. So it only makes sense that nobody really cares as far as giving money because they want their money to be accounted for as well. So there's benefits on the financial side for both both ends. And to tap into that, to show that their money is going to a good place, the start of that is having that 501c3. And that's why it matters a lot. And um, you guys know that's my little area there. So uh, <laughs> I am so, so excited that you said you wanted would come on and uh, we got to present today. And we'll do this later in the year as well. See how you're progressing and what has come after the interview here. Okay, because I'd love, love to tell, you know what happened? Oh, Kathy, yeah. this happened. And yeah. then after we had this interview, then this happened and that happened. And, oh, I'd love to be able to come back. And it is happening for everyone that, again, that obedience, right? I have to be obedient. And that person, you know, it goes down the line. And uh, that's the feedback that I'm getting. So, hey, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Okay, there's something else you said. You said, oh, some people have deep pockets this time of year and they'd mm -hmm. rather give it to the nonprofit than to give it to the IRS. Yes. Well, well, we're one of these. We stand with open arms. Arms, arms, arms for the poor. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel. Like, wait a minute. Help <laughs> us out. Help us, yeah. help us out. Yeah. Us, us. Yeah, and and it's not just me. I actually haven't gotten to the point yet where I'm getting an income. I, all I do is look forward to being able to continue to bless those right. who are residents in our okay. facility. Okay. Um, it, it's just it's just a joy to know that some people, let's say, they're coming from reentry. You know, like mm -hmm. they're coming back into the system. Mm -hmm. um, that makes me feel good when they can feel like they got a place where they can be safe and feel yes. comfortable and treated as a citizen. You know, yes. when a lot of people have been incarcerated, they don't even have the right to vote. It's almost like right. they don't exist. They've already served their time. Yes. If they've already served their time, That's then what's going on with living here? Absolutely. We've already been down that other path. So yes. that's how I feel. We, I, I feel like if we can give them a chance, if we can encourage them to do better. Yes. I mean, they, they have the decision to make because I have had some that that decided they like that other life better and they left. Right. You know, I've had right. that. But for the most part, it blesses my heart when somebody graduates from their program mm -hmm. or then they go out and they get employed and now they're making an honest 
living and yes. moving forward. You know, that's just a joy because I feel like a proud mama when that happens <laughs> and I didn't birth them. <laughs> that's okay. That's what they say. It takes that village. We didn't say when the village needs to stop. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. What a blessing. What a blessing. So, again, I thank you. I thank you. And as she said, anybody you want to give, give. And, and we're going to work on that for our faith-based people. Um, understand that I do believe that when you speak it, when you speak it, and there's some other things we have to do to work at it, um, it's all around you. Our resources is all around us. And sometimes it's just working together and you'll see people differently. Get a little bolder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you'd be surprised how many people, and that's not just for you, just speaking to you, but that's any of us. You'd be surprised how many people are around you that don't have a clue what you do. And the only people we can fault is ourselves because we didn't want to talk about it. We thought everybody knew. They don't. They don't. So we're going to work on that as well. Because okay. I want them to know who you are and what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> well, All right. Now, one thing I do want everybody to know is to look for it. This, this research on this childhood sexual abuse, Yes, uh, it's not just for, for the victims. I need parents to know mm -hmm. what they're looking at and what they're doing. Meanwhile, some of the parents are the perpetrators. Yes. So I need the children <laughs> To know when their parent has uh, crossed the lines too. Absolutely. Uh, I need churches to know that we can't just put a Band-Aid on anything and pray all this stuff away. We can't pray it away. We need to do something more than pray. Right. So I need that to happen too. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just, the list goes on and on. So this is, we're going to keep this thing real. Yeah. It's time for us to realize that, that a lot of young lives are being impacted forever. Mm -hmm. And so I'm telling mm -hmm. my story. Uh, um, your Christine Parham, um, mm -hmm. Kathy's mom, uh, knows, well, I told her uh, yeah. my story. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm putting it in a book. Okay. And um, I have a working title for the book, Lies and Lures, but it has a lot to do with the church as well, because we're so busy pointing a finger at the Catholic church, the Catholic church, and they move the priest here and there. I'm saying, no, let's take our eyes off the Catholic church and let's look at your church. Mm -hmm. Let's look at what's mm -hmm. going on under mm -hmm. your roof. Let, yeah. Let's take a look at that yeah. and let's address this issue. Because there's sickness in the land. And these young ladies and young men are hurting. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Wow. What a way to end it. I can't say anymore. <laughs> Please, you guys, just stay tuned and um, pay attention and follow. Follow her um, on whatever platforms as she goes along. And get ready. If you haven't read any book, read the first one. Then work your way. <laughs> yeah amazing writer so i thank you again and i'm going to end and hopefully we build i'm sure we bless some someone if not more and um thank you again so everybody else you're welcome you all have a great rest of the week so we'll see you all later bye all <laughs> bye, -bye.